Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi. I'm Ethan Suplee. Welcome to American Glutton. Outside of acting, my two favorite things to do are diet and eat. I have a very complicated relationship with food, and on this podcast, we're going to talk about all of it. Food as entertainment. Food as sport. Food as fuel. I'll talk to experts and the average person, just like you and me. Today, I sit down and have a conversation with one of my oldest friends in the world, Kevin Connolly. It's unclear... Whether I interviewed him or he interviewed me, but I think it's an important episode just to give you more backstory on my journey. Kevin Connolly. Are we officially running? We are officially running. Welcome to the show, American Glutton. Thanks for having me. Let's talk about what a glutton you are. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) You are not a glutton. For punishment. I actually am really excited to talk to you about this because it's not something we talk about often. But I have known you for 25 plus years. Early 93. Yeah. So that's a long time. 26 years. 26 years. And you knew me. So for nine of those years, I had no interest in health. It didn't really occur to me. It wasn't something I thought about. Right. I I think in that time period, I went on one diet that a buddy said, like, hey, there's this crazy guy doing a crazy diet. Do you want to try it? I tried it. Didn't do it for very long. But I want some perspective of somebody I knew, what that was like for you. Because the other interesting thing is we're adults now. When you and I see one of our friends being particularly unhealthy, we say something. And, right. and it's gentle. There's no, you know, we're not necessarily going like, hey, you're fucking drinking all the time or whatever it is, but we would say something now. And I feel like I didn't experience so much of that, but I imagine it was being discussed. Yeah. I mean, well, the funny thing is it's kind of in a few parts. First off, what would happen is like we were all so such and still are a tight knit group, right? So it would usually come from the outside as like, hey, you know, somebody should talk to Ethan. Like, 
and tell them what. Right. I always say this, you're our smartest friend. Like, <laughs> you know. Right. I, what, tell him what. Like, yeah. That, it, that he can't go on like this. Like, fuck no, he knows that. Yeah. You know? It was a weird thing because of how much everybody loved you. Yeah. But also, too, what can you say at a certain point? Yeah. You know? And we are all thinking it. And I don't know if you remember this. The one time I was involved with another buddy of ours trying to say something to you, it immediately blew up in our face. Like, let's do. I, like I, I, on the I don't phone, remember. Like, I, I think you hung up, hung up on us. Right. I and probably did. Well, I remember I was on a TV show called Unhappily Ever After. So this is probably what got it. So now we're talking ninety five, ninety six, right. and it was the day that Chris Farley died. Right. And I can remember there was like in those days, like however with the three way calling, it wasn't like you added the call. It was like you had to hang up and go to a dial tone, dial the other number, and another buddy of of ours. And we called Ethan, and, and, and in hindsight, this is like two hours after the news of Chris Farley dying. Obviously, Ethan is thinking it. He's aware of it. I mean, you might have even known him. Did you know him a little bit? I, I didn't know him, but I mean, he was like, yeah, he was the guy. Right. I knew who I knew. Right. So the conversation might have been 30 seconds long. Right. And, and in hindsight, it, it's like a bad approach. Like Chris Farley said, obviously, you're thinking, we're all, we're all thinking the same thing. And, you know, you got... To say you got defensive would be an understatement. You hung yeah. up on us. Yeah. And I can remember going, well, that went well. Mm-hmm. I, that you went know, well. I've utterly blocked that out. I mean, I remember it happening now, but I hadn't thought of it. But you saying that, I remember another call, and I don't know if it was before or after, but I got the call out of a deep sleep, Biggie died. And I thought it was going to be that. You got to go on a diet, motherfucker. And I was like, oh, God. But he got shot. But it, and then it was followed up with he got shot. And I felt relief. That I wasn't going to be more pressure on you. That he was murdered was a relief to me. I was like, okay, so we're avoiding that conversation. Right. I promise you I won't get shot. It right. was literally like right. what I was thinking. But that is, I do remember that. Yeah, I was kind of just. But also too, like, I think the drugs came later for you. Yeah. And you're obviously not a drug guy. So your immediate defense was to jump to that being the reason. Right. Like, I don't do drugs, so that's not going to happen to me. Yeah. He right. died of drug overdose and, and this and that. And it was just like, immediately, the second you picked up the phone, it, it, the conversation <laughs> it didn't go well. conversation was doomed from, from the top. So. Yeah. Well, I got to say, thank God, because I really was like, yeah, my friends didn't give me a, it wasn't really ever a thing, but I know, I know you guys felt it. Oh, I'm, it was a thing. Yeah. It was a big thing. And also too, like there's part of us that we shared, that I shared with you was sort of being defensive. Yeah. For you. Right. Yeah. I remember, I know you told the Jim Caviezel story. Right. Listening to you tell the story, I, I then kind of remember something about it. You know, because listen, obviously, I don't, I don't think Jim Caviezel's intentions were bad. No, I don't either. But on the other hand, it's like, fuck off. Right. Mind your own business. What are you talking about? Like, uh, you know, maybe it worked. Maybe he got through to you. Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. But like, he could have killed you. He, yeah. I mean, listen. You know, he could have sent you on a bender. Who, who knows? I mean, it's like, I don't know. I was always very protected. If anybody was going to give me a dirty look, we were going to have a fight. Right. And and that, that guy was going to lose. Right. But also, too, I was always immediately aware of, like, if we went into, like, we showed up at a restaurant together. I was with you and thinking, like, 
okay, where are we going to put, just to, for Ethan to be comfortable. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and the other thing too, and I said this to you, that people don't realize, I think most people don't realize about you is how big you are. Yeah. You weren't like a little fat guy. You're, <laughs> right. you're tall. You're yeah, big. What are you, 6'1"? Stuff the one? little fat guy right, What are you, 6'1", 6'2"? Yeah, I'm 6'1". Right, you're 6'1". You've got big hands. Like, you're just a big guy. It's I, not I, just. Yeah, I was 6'2". I somehow lost an inch when I dieted. Add the weight to it, then you're massive, but you're just a big guy regardless. Yeah. So, I don't know. It would always be like, we would go and I would always, always aware like we got to just make sure that you were comfortable yeah you know because we shared in the that sort of anxiety of like making sure that you were comfortable when we went to a restaurant or wherever it was it was like the first thing it's like okay we got to get get ethan squared away yeah i remember i was thinking about this the other day i believe you were in the car and scott bloom and another buddy was seeing this girl and it was like a very new thing and and he really wanted to impress her and we drove somewhere and on the drive, she started being a little bitchy and acting like he wasn't taking her somewhere nice or something like this. And I remember he turned to her and he went, Ethan's in the fucking back. As though, look at how what I've done for right. you. I put you in the front seat <laughs> and my friend Ethan, who doesn't fit back there, is, is in, in the, the back, back seat. seat. That doesn't say yeah, that's that it. I like you. I've fucking gone above and beyond. And I was like, Wow, yeah, that was a thing. That was a thing. I never sat in the back. Also, See, too, you had the coolest car. How bad do you wish? I wish I had it still. That you hung onto that car. Ethan had, like, the last cool model of the, the Chevy Impala. Impala. Yeah. And you had cool rims. Yeah, it was awesome. We both lived in the valley, so we would go out. And the funny thing is, at the time, we thought Ethan was sober, but he wasn't. <laughs> yeah, it was not. <laughs> he was not, not the designated driver. <laughs> right. Because I remember the ups and downs. I remember yeah. when, you, you know, you talked about... What's the thing called when you ride around in circles on the bike, like on the, with the rent, like the? Oh yeah, the velodrome. Right, yeah. that was like a big thing. Yeah, where you I were was like killing it on bicycles. Yeah, I was really thin. And then you fell. Yeah, remember that? Yeah, it was a terrible. terrible you had like a fall. terrible bike accident. Yeah, which... thirty-seven stitches in my head. Yeah. Bones were visible in my hands. Like he wiped out like on a high-end yeah, bike ride. I, I think yeah. I remember this story from my and wife's like, point of view. Yeah. Yeah. pretty yeah. good, right? Yeah, yeah. The guy I was riding with. I hope I still have it, made a really great, you know, you, you used to be able to like do a book on iPhoto. You could like pick a bunch of pictures yeah, and right. they'd send you a book. Yeah. He had a book of my bicycle accident. And one of the <laughs> pictures was just a pool of blood oh. on the concrete. And, and that was a setback for you too, right? Yeah. I mean, well, it broke that. I couldn't pattern. ride. You couldn't ride. For a bit. I did go riding again after that for a while, but wasn't the same. And And I also had like, a lot of pressure from my wife going like, look, you just were in the hospital from doing this. What are you doing? Right. You also have to get a job. You're not going to get a job if you fall down again. It's like setbacks. And it was also one of those like those bikes where you have to lock your feet in. Like, yeah. You can't even bail out on this bike. No. You're like locked in. There was bike, no bailing is- out. You go really fast. I was going downhill. It was a terrible accident. You, my skull was visible. My face is still a little weird. Like, I oh, I still think one of my eyebrows is lower. It was a bad accident. I have a good picture of you. On the velodrome? Like, on the velodrome. Like, almost like horizontal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Those, those, that kind yeah, of- you're at like 33 degrees. It's pretty crazy. It's, yeah, it's crazy. And, and you're riding in an absolute straight line. It looks like you're turning to go in circles, but you can take your hands off and just pedal. Just and pedal. you are going in a straight line the whole time. The bike doesn't turn. It's wild. But you're more weights now. I'm almost only weights now. Right. I do about a half an hour to 45 minutes of cardio a day. 
And even that, I don't want my heart rate to get. I just want abs. Right. So once I have abs and somebody gets a picture of my abs. Just one picture of the abs. I mean, listen, and in I, fairness. You sent me a picture of not that long ago. I, I have. You're, I, the you're abs, knocking on the door. The abs you're are. The, the uh, with the right lighting, it looks like I have a six pack. But I want to be able to like dig around in you the want holes. A real, between, you want a real six pack. Yeah. Yeah, I just did a, a DEXA scan to make sure I'm not losing muscle, and I had gone from 16% body fat to 14% body fat on a DEXA scan, and in the last two months, I lost six pounds of fat, which is great. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. It's wild because prior to that, I could lose a couple pounds a week, no problem, but I was losing muscle too. Yeah. So now I'm really... I feel like in the last, every time I've seen you socially in the last like month, people are like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Oh my God, look at Ethan. Like yeah. maybe two months. It's been just, it's drastic. I'm just following what the bodybuilders do now. I'm going to get my abs and then I'm done. Then I'm going to be a normal 15% body fat human being for a while. How often do you do the cheat meal? No, I don't really do a cheat Not meal. Not at all? Did you have a cheat meal on Thanksgiving, Christmas? I have a certain amount of protein I have to eat every day, a certain amount of carbs I, I'm but allowed to eat. But surely you can take, if it's like call it one cheat meal a month, how much could that set you back? I didn't go crazy on Thanksgiving. I had a bite of a pie that one of my kids made. That's it? That's your, that that's was, your cheat meal? <laughs> and, and I had a couple bites of stuffing. But it wasn't really a cheat meal. I have been thinking about there's a place in Silver Lake called Burgers Never Say Die. And I've been going like, I probably deserve a cheat meal. I might go eat a couple burgers. Mm -hmm. It's know. also, it could be good that you go in the next day, you know, like. Crush it. Right, just gym. crush it in the gym. Yeah. So you'd be that much stronger. Yeah. And the really interesting thing about what I'm doing now is there's no real worry that I'm going to gain weight. And anything that's a cheat meal like that is just going to make sure I don't lose muscle. So, you know, as long as I don't have a week of cheat meals, I'm safe. A cheat meal would be fine. And I just haven't had one in a while. Are you not doing the cheat meal because it's like, is it a mental thing? Like if I have like, I just I have am one, then so, I'll slip off or. I'm so vain okay. right now and so interested in abs that. The cheat meal is just, it's just not, not worth it. It's not, it. Worth, right. it. not worth it. What's it going to do? Even it just, though it's not going to hurt you It's not going to hurt me. All, no, right? no, it's not at all. It's just not, okay. Yeah. But I, there is some worry of like um, regression mm -hmm. and uh, going back into weird habits. You know, I, I, I go to the gym every day and, and it's one of my favorite parts of the day. But I know that if I miss the gym for a few days, going to the gym suddenly becomes a chore. It does become an issue. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's that worry. Like I couldn't miss it tomorrow right i i would feel like shit but if i had to miss it for a few days we went to new york for thanksgiving and brandy was like annoyed at how often i went to the gym <laughs> which was once a day right i'm like it's right. the same as when we're here right what do you think is there something different about this time around i mean you're definitely locked into a new gear and a new level yeah but is it seeing seeing the results I think it's a couple things. I think, first of all, we're doing this. We're talking about it. We're being public. When I lost weight before, I never talked about it. I just, that was what I did, and I wasn't hiding it because that that's what I did. But I wasn't openly saying, like, let's actually talk about this. You know what right. I mean? So I think, I think this could hopefully keep me focused. But I also got so thin before. I got to 220. I'm 265 today. And 220 is really small for me. 
Yeah, and again, to the to the point that you're just a big guy. Yeah, big mm-hmm. features. Yeah, hands, everything about you. Yeah. big head. I also was two twenty without abs, so I I, well, I had to, did, I had a lot <laughs> less muscle. The fucking <laughs> the vein abs. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes that's what that's what keeps it going. Yeah, I got. I mean, it's going to be tricky because once I get abs and I get my picture of abs, and uh, you know, I'm objectified in a magazine like Playgirl. Just kidding. I'm going to have to have a new goal. And right. I don't know what that will be. Right. But you feel the podcast and like openly talking about it is a, I don't want to say therapy, but there's like a feeling of strength behind that. I do. I find the way people eat to be interesting. So I'm talked to lots of people about it and fucking everybody talks to me about it now. Mm-hmm. Almost annoyingly so. Uh, to my wife, it's super annoying. To right. me, I'm always interested in talking about it. Right. You know, after you've explained this version of your diet 30 times, it's kind of like, okay, like here we go again. Let's uh-huh. talk about macros and calories and all of that. And it's becomes annoying, but I'm really interested in how people eat. And I don't think since like early 2000s, there has not been a period of my life where I haven't thought about what I'm eating. Before that, I didn't really care. I knew that there would be health repercussions, but I didn't give a shit, really. It just didn't really occur to me that often. And if it did, it was charged emotionally, and so I would escape thinking about it by doing something else. So I hope being open about it keeps me focused because I'm much happier right now than I was 100 pounds heavier than this. When I think back about your sort of journey. I always believed that you could get to a point where your health wasn't in danger. Right. I didn't think it would be physically possible right. to look the way that you look. Like, mm-hmm. okay, he's out of the danger zone right. with regards to just the weight that he's carrying around and his heart and all that, but to, to become what you've become in the last... I just wouldn't have thought that it was physically possible. Like, at a certain point, like yeah. you just can't recover yeah. from that. Yeah, I mean, did you know that we'd even be having a conversation about abs? Never. I never did. I mean, I thought I could lose weight, and then I started riding bicycles thinking, well, this will be, I'll just do this. Right, just shedding pounds. Yeah, and I'll lose weight. That was important, not shape and muscle. No, I never never really thought of that until I had lost a bunch of weight and had no real upper body muscle definition. I had very strong muscular legs, but I never... You're riding a bike and you're eating as little as possible and just doing cardio burning all day, and just mm-hmm. cal- burning your muscle. And so, and then I did, I started lifting weights and then I just was like, fuck it. I'm not going to diet for a while. And I gained a shitload of weight. Bad weight? Bad or weight. like muscle weight? I th- probably both. I probably, I definitely put on muscle because as of today, I have 220 pounds of lean mass. A lot of that is muscle. Most of that is muscle. So I definitely built muscle, but I also put on a lot of fat. And and for me, it's very important to have a goal, have a physical goal. You know, even if I get down to the idea of like, what are my health goals? Or if somebody is attacking one of my kids, what are my physical goals? What do I want to be able to do mm-hmm. to somebody doing that? And I don't want to be winded. I want to have the energy to like handle that situation if it arises and protect my wife and kids. So right now the goal is abs. And then once you achieve that, you go, I want to be able to do a mixed martial arts for three rounds. Right. Three five minute rounds. Yeah. Right. And now you're working on whatever that is. Yeah. It's about setting goals. But I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. You know, like I said, I, I think back a lot of those times and I, example wise, 
I think like the Jim Caviezel, but there was versions of that. Yeah. Do you remember uh, the story? I just remember being at the party. A certain actress said something to you oh, at a party. It. Let's just say the story. I mean, it was Frank. Oh, yes. Yes. It was at the premiere for American History X. Okay. So, first of all, Ethan gets this role in American History X. And, like, you know, at the, as a group of actors, like, mm-hmm. everybody's going on auditions. This was like. It was a really major. cool movie. Yeah. Yeah. Massive, yeah. massive role and just an epic get like yeah you just went in and you like got the guy and you became the guy yeah and you had the tattoos and you know Ethan, the nicest guy in the world would walk into the room and make people nervous mm-hmm. but at the end of the day we all know that it's a movie right it's not a skinhead in real life and furthermore you would think that other actors would know would that know too. that as well and i believe was it at the premiere was of the, the movie premiere like, party yeah. somebody said something stupid to ethan oh i fucking yelled at her and would she write you a letter or something? She did. She wrote me an apology letter. And then I I, I was also probably drunk, so my reaction was probably clouded by being drunk. But well, I like was I was pissed. She, I well, think she called me a fat fuck or something like that. Like, like truthfully, like and, and also too about his well call it a successful performance. Yeah. That, what what is she what is she talking about? Yeah. Like, so she's talking about his performance in the movie at the premiere. She comes up to him and says this. And like to blame it on alcohol, I mean, I don't know. I don't know that that flies it's a at fucking 10 o'clock rough in the morning. To hear you're stoked, you, yeah, you went to the premiere out, right? of the movie you, and some fancy actress says to you, Oh, you were that fat fuck or something imagine? like that, some version or of that. Or it was like, Hey, nice to meet you. You fat fuck fuck or something like that yeah like, something oh my like God. that what on yeah. god's green earth and i just fucking lit into her like and rightfully you, so bitch. and then i think everybody else did too yeah by the way went home. i had all my friends and a bunch of people he told her off and then she wrote me an apology letter i think she said basically she thought i was so good and that that role conjured that idea in her head and she had clearly to t- Tell me, wow. and I Clearly. was like, and "There's well, better ways to compliment somebody's performance." Yeah, yeah. yeah. God, I forgot. And also, about too, that. you know, like you really were great in that movie, and you were scary. It was a scary role. The yeah. whole movies. It's so scary. to this day. Yeah, it's it just is fucking disturbing. The yeah. movie's a disturbing movie, and you're so good in the movie, and you're like, there's something about like your character, and like everything about it is just awful, yeah. right? But that's what you're supposed to do. I mean, that the desired effect is to of a movie is to hit. On those cylinders like yeah. that, and it's just a. Again, I'm going to put her in the Jim Caviezel category. It's just a weird thing to say to somebody you don't know. Yeah, you know, it's strange. And yeah. that doesn't sound like it's coming out of concern. No, it, I don't <laughs> think it was coming. Still, I think she saw the movie me. and she was like, "This fucking fuck this guy, she this fat fuck." But she's an actress. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like maybe if it was like somebody that that knows nothing and is like disconnected from the industry. But again, it's it's funny. I feel like I keep reminding you of these stories that you didn't that you don't. No, remember. but this is great. This is what we're doing. Yeah, <laughs> that's a terrible story. I never forgot that. Yeah, God. I remember. No, I remember that and very the Jim clearly. One, and once I heard you say it, I was like, "Fuck, I remember that." Yeah. The Chris Farley thing. There's just yeah. like a few of these stories. Yeah. That- and for me, Biggie dying was a scary moment that we almost had to I mean, talk how about. Sad is, how sad is that? That you were, I mean, obviously you're not relieved that anybody got shot. We're of not Of course not, but I'm but relieved in your that- mind, like, this is not going to come back to me. Yeah, right. no, it was tragic because we really loved him. Right. We listened to him a lot. Oh, we lived by his, yeah. I mean, you'd think there was only one or two albums. We like listened to the same four <laughs> albums. Right. It was a big deal for everybody. Yeah. And my fear upon hearing that he had now passed I have to away, deal with this about I was like, mm-hmm. oh, God, right. it's going to be this. this it's going to be yeah. weight loss. Yeah. Right. And there was a sick moment of, 
oh, thank God I escaped that conversation. Right. This isn't about me. No. This is, conversation isn't coming back to me. They're calling. I'm getting this call because people know I love Biggie. Right. Yeah. yeah. Do any other stories like that stick out? Uh, I remember once in in Mexico going into a bar with like military people and one of them said something to me and I actually let it slide because I thought like if I react, my friends are going to react and then like I don't know how many people in this bar this guy's with. I know. Right. Well, we, you want to avoid that, obviously. Right. Yeah, like, but also like family. if it's not that, then it's me and all my friends beating some guy up. I don't want to do that right. because he made some shitty comment. Like it, you just I've had to take some of them on the chin. Yeah, right? exactly. And 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 pretend I didn't hear it. You right. know. Mm -hmm. But then there were some altercations. A um, handful of like stories I remember going. It's just hard for me to wrap my head around. And the craziest thing about it is that it sounds like maybe. It did, not saying that it worked, it but fucking somehow, did. It, somehow I, it jogged something in your mind. It was really going like, I'm an adult and he is coming from a position where he, his integrity is telling him he has to communicate this to me. It's buy, not my buy, thing. Right. It's not something I would ever want to say to a stranger. Also because I'm kind of a, a relativist where I go like, I don't know what his path is. I don't know what's right for everyone. Mm -hmm. What's right for me, what my health concerns are, doesn't have to be true for anybody else. You know what I mean? Like, it's only true for me, so why would I want to project onto somebody else what I think is right? So I wouldn't do it. It's, right. not, it's not something I'm interested in doing. I'm glad Maybe he did now? it. Maybe now? No. I mean, I'm interested if somebody says to me, like, like- If you saw somebody that you felt were in your spot 10 years ago, would you feel the need or, or feel inclined to say, hey, man, not trying to get in your business, but like, this is me and this is me then, this is me now. It can be done. Like, maybe not talk about him going to hell. Right. But like, maybe words of encouragement as opposed to. If somebody expressed an interest or a need to change, a million percent, right. I would You'd have. be happy to do it. Happy mm -hmm. to talk course, to somebody. Right? If somebody was having trouble with drugs and alcohol and expressed a need to change, happy to do it. Mm -hmm. right. But beyond that, I don't feel that what is right for me is necessarily right for anyone else mm -hmm. in a way that I can project it onto them without them saying, I need help or I want help or whatever it is. So I would never do that. I would never go up to somebody and say, here's what you need. I know what you need because I don't. I don't believe that I do. So Ethan and I did a movie called John Q together. Yes. And We've we done were, a couple movies together. Yeah, we have. Ethan and I were in Toronto for four months. The Sutton Place where they, it's like a mini apartment. I mean, I've stayed in worse places. Yeah. Stayed in better places. And it's a little apartment. I mean, it's a mm -hmm. living room, bedroom, kitchenette, kitchenette yeah. balcony. Yeah. Right? And also, too, we were next door neighbors for yeah. four months and we were working together every day. And that was a point where I was just like, man. This is not good. Well, I mean, you do have the thought of like, look, this ends one of two ways. Yeah. yeah. But that was also drugs. Well. And that I will say about you, my friends, you guys kind of drew a hard line about right. drugs. My weight was really touchy, but when it was drugs and you guys were aware of it, there were interventions. There was like, this is unacceptable. And, and, and I don't disagree with that because here's the difference. In a group, you all have functioning roles in the group. Right. And I entered that group fat. I was fat when we met. So nothing had changed about my functioning role 
as far as being fat. That was, this is me rationalizing it, right? But the minute I was doing drugs, I became a liability to the group right? because I was not behaving. Right, we're not talking about like a bag of weed. No, it was real drugs. I was a drug drug addict. Kind of drugs that everybody goes to jail for. Right, jail or they die or (laughs) they OD, you know, and they die. So, so yeah, I remember deep concern at that time. Well, I also, and also too, when you're, when you're essentially living with it, I'd never, I've, I, by the way, to this day, I still haven't seen it. Right. Trying to kick. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. That. Yeah. Something that hard. And I can remember Saturday and all he did, you know, he wasn't doing drugs, but he was just sleeping, mm-hmm. you know? And I, and I remember saying like, Ethan, come on, we're going to get out. It's a nice day. We're going to walk down the block. We're going to get a meal. We're going to get some fresh air. You got to get out of this room. We got, we got out of the room. We walked. And, and within 40 minutes, you were like, I, I just, I can't. I got to go home. Yeah. I mean, you lasted less than an hour yeah. out a week. Yeah. Before you had to go, your body needed to go either do drugs or go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By the way, sleeping it was really the, restless. The, 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 like literally, like sh- I don't want to like shake. Like the the physical withdrawal. It was hard. It's hard to watch someone you love go through that. And I uh, to this day have not seen it at that level. Yeah. It was hardcore. Yeah, it was hard. It was hardcore. That was a fucking tough one, and I didn't last very long. I think I made it like a week clean. Yeah, I mean, it might have even been less. Might have even yeah. been less than that. Also, too, the strange thing is, like, as your friend, obviously, you don't want you doing drugs, but it was like almost relieved to see you out of that pain. Yeah, because yeah. it's like, man, it was overwhelming. I'm like, fuck, man, I don't want, I don't want him on drugs, but like, I don't know what at this point. But honestly, let's just get yeah. home. Being not on drugs was a was lot. just as bad. Lot. Trying to trying to just go fucking detox at work was a weird <laughs> weird a choice. Weird. But like, uh, you know. Didn't you have somebody come out? There, there was somebody? a sober living guy who came with me, and I think I sent him home after a week, and that was that. Right. That was just a darker version. But another movie we did together. <laughs> Tyrone? No, no, no. That, oh. was, that was the, the working title. Okay, right. final title was Road Trip. Uh, no, <laughs> Road no, uh, Trip, right, yes. No, Road listen, Trip. Todd Phillips' bad Road trip? trip? Oh, Bad Trip. Bad Trip. <laughs> <laughs> and that was about two guys that are driving from, uh, we're going to Mardi Gras. Right. From LA to Mardi Gras, I don't know, somewhere to Mardi Gras, and we we get lost on a on a country road, and we we run over Coolio, <laughs> and Coolio, who had the the Oscar nominating performance, like 
the actor's dream of playing triplets. Right. <laughs> oh, no, wait a second. So the movie's called, at the time it was called Tyrone. And we run over Coolio and we kill him. And uh, we find a ring in his pocket that's worth a lot. And then his two, his sister. And his brother. And his brother, Sharon and Jerome, <laughs> right. come looking for, Ty- for the for, Tyrone's killers. For Tyrone's killers. And Coolio plays all three roles. You know, Ethan and I, whatever, we were, it was like fun to work together, whatever it was. But like Ethan and I were like, well, this is, we just knew. I mean, it was just absurd. The yeah. levels of absurdity were. It was just silly. It was just stupid. We're getting ready to rehearse. And, uh, and again, Ethan and I at this point have acknowledged that we're not doing. It's not Shakespeare. Right. right. Well, Julio's playing yeah. triplets. <laughs> right. This is not. But but but, not but serious far movie. from the Shakespeare like, okay, we're going to do this. Also, we're not going to humiliate ourselves. So Coolio was basically saying to Ethan, I wanted to crawl up. I wanted to fold myself up into a little square and I wanted to slide under the door and disappear. Coolio in rehearsal says to Ethan, so I'm going to be fucking with you this whole movie because I'm an improver, which is ridiculous. Right, yeah. <laughs> some improv, like, groundlings genius. Yeah. You know, I'm going to be calling you, I'm going to be calling you fat, I'm going to be doing this and that. And Ethan's like, no, you're not. And I'm like, oh boy, here we go. <laughs> I can see the hair on Ethan's neck standing up. Mm-hmm. I, I, Ethan was ready to choke the top three characters <laughs> in the yeah. movie. Yeah. And again, this isn't like Bill Murray. Yeah. Right? Saying like, hey, you know, like, I think, there's just no rhyme or reason for it. Like, first of all, you know nothing about improv. Yeah. You know nothing about acting in one role, never mind three. Right. And now you're going to- And now you're going to- And by the way, and it's your, right. his go-to is just, you're just going to call me fat? That's right, like, right. You're mm-hmm. just every That's scene we're in, be. it's going to be fat, fat, fat? Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. Right. Ethan shut this idea down in a hot second <laughs> yeah. in the most awkward and uncomfortable way imaginable. It was painful. And then uh, years later, yeah. I want to say like five years later, Ethan and both of our careers sort of had you know taken a turn for the better. And lo and behold, now they're selling this movie. Uh-huh. Right. So I went on to Amazon and I bought every existing copy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Didn't we watch it? Well, this is funny. So yeah. I call, I, I said, Ethan, Ethan, I got the DVDs. I got them all. They don't exist on Amazon <laughs> anymore. I've got them. Come on over. We're now 15 years removed from filming this movie. Yeah. Let's you and I, nobody else, you and I just come over and we were watching. We did not make it half. We never finished it. No. We made it halfway through the movie. Ethan was like, I can't, I can't, I can't do it. The director called us and I just, it's so funny. Typically, like I just ignored the email like I never got it. Ethan, on the other hand, did not ignore this email no. from the director who, to promote the movie. 15 years later. 15 years We were later, children. We made this silly movie. Yeah. And now. 15 years later, they want to do a promotional tour where we're on a stripper bus. A stripper bus. I have daughters now, <laughs> And I was like, is this motherfucker kidding? Yeah. But again, Ethan is very smart. He's well read. Mm-hmm. He does it all. Ethan wrote an email that should be like posted up <laughs> on somebody's wall somewhere. I just tore it apart. You did. Yeah. You said to the director, Are you still stoned? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I have daughters. Yeah. Do you think 15 years later I'll get on a stripper bus <laughs> right. and promote? Um, Ethan just undressed this guy. I honestly, don't know that at the time you or I would have been comfortable getting on a stripper bus. I would as never. Teenagers. I wouldn't have done uh, that. Know. I would have I'd never liked that kind of thing. I wouldn't right. have done that anyway. Yeah. But 15 years But after now that the fact, we're adults mm-hmm. and we're like, we're you're married, married with kids. Kids. Yeah. I was Radio, just like, yeah, I'll be back. No, I'll be back. I'll be back. Yeah. 10, going 30, on the stripper bus. Julio and I were going. Yeah. To, what does that even mean? Yeah. What is a stripper bus? Right. What is a stripper bus? And where are we going? 
by the way, to a strip club. If, what are we doing? If he had even called it a party bus, I would have been like, I'm sober. I have children. I'm not doing a party bus. But the fact that he called it a stripper bus, mm-hmm. I was like, no, not for me. Oh my. Yeah, that you said that in, in so many words. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think. I was just always trying to think about. It's funny because I sat in for one of your your initial podcast and I was just like listening to you talk and it, it, it kind of jogged a bunch of a bunch of memories. Yeah. yeah, me too. I forgot the Chris Farley thing. I remembered the Biggie thing because of the Chris Farley thing, although I think it might have happened after. I don't know. It was all in the same Time era. Yeah. Also too, like we met Ethan in ninety three. You know, but uh, you know, as you as your, your love for your friends grows by ninety five, ninety six now it's like now it's a family member. Yeah. yeah. So now the intense concerns come in. But also, too, to, to, to call you, like, two hours after the news of Chris Farley died on a conference call. Yeah. Everyone, if we have a relationship with someone and we have certain expectations of that person, then I think that's a fair conversation to have. I do. Now, but I think at 20, yeah. you're already feeling the heat everywhere you go. You're coming into your own as a, as a man. And, yeah. And you're aware of it. So I think now it's a different conversation. But, you know, I mean, listen, I wasn't a fucking moron. So I think I knew if I list out my goals and objectives for life, being as heavy as I was certainly wouldn't be one of them. It just couldn't have been. What do I want to accomplish? What What are my physical needs? I just don't think I often thought about it. And then when it did come up in instances like that, I just rejected it mm-hmm. immediately. Immediately. Because if we go down the road of using logic and reason and like examining this, it's a problem. It's an unjustifiable problem. My need to eat Jack in the Box at four in the morning cannot be greater than my need to live however much longer I'm going to live without doing that. It just can't. So I really think I actively was avoiding thinking about it. I can remember because you, we lived the deepest in the valley yeah. at the time. So I would be the last one to get dropped off. Yeah. The other thing too, you were a super heavy smoker. Oh yeah, chain smoker. I mean, Ethan, Ethan would <laughs> take a drag off of a, off of a cigarette and his, he's so, his lungs are so strong and his hands and everything was so strong. You could see like the punishment the cigarette would <laughs> half just, of it is. It would just I cr- would rip would, half a cigarette. Even, like, and if he were mad or something, it was just like he just would rip the cigarette in two drags and then have the ability to put it in his fingers and flick this thing fifty yards across. He could knock somebody <laughs> out with this thing. It was just everything he did was with power. Yeah. You know? But I can remember that I'd be the last one to get dropped off, like Ferg and I. Yeah. And I just I can remember knowing just based on what time we'd gone out and based on I was hungry. Yeah. Right? I'm like thinking, what do I have to eat in the house? Right. Knowing like, I know he's... I'm on my way somewhere. I know yeah. I know where direction he's going. I know what he's passing. Yeah. I know that he's going to be now comfortable that people aren't watching him. And like, I was almost willing to bet yeah. that you weren't going straight home. I think that's true. I will also say that I remember when we first met, there were... A lot of the nights ended at a Jerry's Deli or a place like that, a Cantor's. And as we became closer and closer, that post-night meal ended. Nobody wanted to have it with me. Right. And I think I also partially was uncomfortable at the end of the day ordering two corned beef Rubens or something like that in front of people. But so I would be like, no, 
I'm well, I mean, you're getting the looks, right? I mean, right. It's like, I mean, you can't even eat in peace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I remember that's that, that's an interesting thing to put into perspective in that way because I remember that was like the beginning of our friendship really began in diners at the end of nights where none of us were legally old enough right. to we be at bars. Right, really, we were We were caught in that weird thing between like high school and, and being able to get into bars. It was like yeah. 19, 20 years old. You would go to like coffee shops to try to talk to girls. Yeah. That was like the early stuff. I was early. about after that. Yeah, like after that. we were going, we would go out to a club. Go out to the club. Two o'clock. Yeah. Drop me off and you're like in the car and I'm thinking like, I know he's going. I know. My I night know ended every starving. time. Yeah. I'm starving personally. Yeah. I'm like trying to figure out what scraps I'm going to pull together in my house. I'm like, there's just no way. No way. Right. It was always, it was, that was my day. I would. you could also eat in peace and quiet. Yeah. Right? And like, I could order whatever I whatever wanted. Whatever you wanted. No funny looks. Yeah. You know, you'd get through the moment at the drive through of the woman looking to see how many people are in your car who just ordered six cheeseburgers or whatever it was, whatever crazy order i had it even went to that extent to like okay this is the last hump i have to get over yeah the dirt the drive the funny look from the drive through where you really like got halfway have your middle finger up like well once i got my food (laughs) and and if it was a place i wasn't going to be back at the next night but often thinking it like what are you looking at don't worry about it just give me the yeah give me the food let me get out of here the fucking window yeah and if i can make it quicker i'm going to give you a 20 and (laughs) just drive away right 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 you know yeah, that was a hurdle. And then the moment I was alone in the car or back at my house, if it was, if the, whatever it was, was close enough to my house and, and, the, and then I would eat, you know, alone mostly. Because it was judgment free. Judgment free. Yeah. And, and not that the people were saying anything, but I just felt, I guess that is the, the place that I knew what I was doing was against what my goals would have been had I flushed my goals out. Had I thought about it? Had I gone, what do I want from my body? What do I want my body to be able to do? I was actively working against that. I just wasn't delineating it in that way. I wasn't laying it out and going, I have needs and desires that I'm not fulfilling, you know? But how many people do that um, in their youth? You're talking about like early 20s, right? Or through your 20s. Not everybody does that. I don't think so. I think anybody who is active does that. Sure. Anybody who's active will say, you know, I'm I'm going on this hike. I'd like to be able to do it faster mm-hmm. or I play this sport. I'd like to be better at it. Uh, I lift weights. I want to lift heavier weights. I want to lift more. I want to hit more sets, whatever it is. I think people who are active have goals. Uh, but I generally, I guess maybe not. Maybe people who are not active don't have a lot of goals unless it's like you know, I know a lot of chicks want to fit into a dress. Sure. That's that's something it's like a I size a thing. Yeah, right? yeah, but almost arbitrary. Like, what does that mean? Get a bigger dress, you'll fit into it. Yeah, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother <laughs> right? Thing. Right? Yeah. No, but but it's true. Like, that's like it's almost like a yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you talk about goals, like. I don't know that it's different than the six pack thing. Right. right. Like, no, yeah, that's it's an arbitrary fit, goal. I want to fit in a size two. Totally. Is that even right? Am I making that up? Does yeah, that sound no, about no, right? you're right. You're yeah, right. listen, in fairness, I can get a picture of a six pack right now today. Right. I have enough, enough definition too, right. that with overhead lighting, overhead lighting which we I can accommodate. Yeah. Yeah. No, we'll do that. I also have, for some reason, this number of 10% body fat in my head. Now, here's a really fucking crazy thing. I mean, do you really want to be 10% body fat? Well, here's the thing. With calipers, I am 10% body fat. It's the DEXA scan, which is also scanning visceral fat, which is like the fat around mm-hmm. your organs and all this. It's the most comprehensive thing. It's, it's, it's measuring your t- 
toes and your ankles and all of this and coming up with the most consistent and hardest number. If you did calipers on me, I'm 10% body fat, but I won't take that. I want the hardcore number of DEXA and I want to get to 10% in a DEXA machine. You're on like some next level shit where like, <laughs> yeah. but I think for the regular guy kind of whatever you want to call it, nine to five or whatever, it's your clothes really, right? Yeah. So yeah. like you put on your jeans and you're like, wait a second, whoa, 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 yeah. what's going yeah, on? What's this? Yeah. And that's how a lot of people sort of judge it, I guess, oh. right? I yeah. mean, like a shirt or whatever it is where it's a little bit like, okay, that's weird. Or for me, it always, it'll be with like suits, yeah, right? Or like a tuxedo where you, you know, whatever you wear, this suit, however many times you and you put the suit on. And you're almost dreading putting it on. You're like, well, I'm about to learn something. Right. That's it. Like, I feel good in this suit as yeah. opposed to like leaving the house automatically going, oh man. Right before you even leave the house, you feel bad about yeah. yourself. Oh, yeah. 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 I, as a little kid, was really into punk rock and like British fashion, but I could never wear it. Like mm -hmm. Fred Perry, Ben Sherman never fit me. So then when I was in my 20s and I lost weight and was riding bikes, the day that a Fred Perry shirt fit me was a big fucking deal. Yeah. And I was in their biggest shirt. And then I eventually got down into to having room like, ah, it's not just their biggest shirt. It's one down. So even if I gain weight, I've got a cushion. Then I did ultimately gain weight and couldn't fit it again. And I remember this cycle around of losing enough weight to going into my closet, which was full of all the shit I couldn't wear and being able to put it on or getting close and going, holy shit, I'm going to get back into the shirt. And now being back into the shirt and going like, okay, so that's another weird goal, a clothing goal. So I, I'm sorry if I dissed your arbitrary goal. I think all arbitrary goals are valid. Oh, no, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I think for for most people that aren't on the sort of trajectory that you're on with the levels of, your, I mean, even your knowledge on it, I think for everybody else, that's mm -hmm. kind of like the women will say, I want to I want to wear my wedding dress. Yeah, yeah it's a right? wedding dress or your skinny jeans or whatever right. that thing is that you remember you felt great in that. Right. And yes, it equaled some weight on the scale or something. Yeah. yeah, totally. I think that there's a lot of problems with those, with the way those solutions are sold to people because especially here, the Hollywood diet is like drinking cayenne pepper lemonade or something like oh, that. Oh, I tried right? that. It's awful. Yeah, it's Is awful. that the Hollywood diet, the I one with the pepper and the maple syrup I or whatever? I think so. that's the, no, it's, that's called something else. Okay. But but the Hollywood diet is some, ju I remember It's a this. juice it's like thing. A juice. I know it's Beverly probably, Hills is all pineapple for yeah. a few days, which yeah. seems really like not a great way to eat. <laughs> well, I mean, but also too, like, yeah, you're going to lose weight if you eat pineapple. <laughs> Yeah. By the way, there's. I'll do the apple diet. If you're I only eat apples, yeah. you're gonna lose weight. That's right. probably the Washington <laughs> diet. Yeah. You know, and yeah. just saying, like, the orange diet is Florida. Right. Like I'll do the ice diet. I'm only R eating ice. Yeah. Right. Alaska. Okay. Yeah. If you're gonna lose yeah. the Alaska we, we diet, we could just sell diets from each of these states. You know, <laughs> doing the grape diet. Yeah. Grapes. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you have a goal. If your goal is like I want to fit into this dress. Is it that you want to fit into that dress for one night and you're willing to crush yourself for a week to do it and you, you know, you realize that just depleting your system of water can get you into the dress? That's a great point. You know, that's a way to do it. Right. Are you trying to fit into that dress, generally speaking? Right. In general? Yeah. Might be another <laughs> way to summer? accomplish that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Summer body, you got to hold on to for a few months and a few months is a long time to not fuck off and kill your, what you did. Yeah. Goals are important. I think that's a great, I mean, just lesson to take away from it. You yeah. know, just something, just have some goal. Yeah. Right? And, and keep then you going think or about motivated. It. Right. right, yeah. 
what do I have to do to get? Yeah, I think it's going to be abs for a minute. And then I think it's going to be like building a pound of muscle. What's that like? Because that requires a whole other way of thinking about it. You have to eat more than you're being active. You know what I mean? Generally speaking, since I've been dieting for so long, I'm not going to have the weird gains that people who haven't ever done a diet get. You still a CrossFit guy? No. You shooting a hole in the CrossFit theory? I'm trying not to get my heart rate that high to really preserve muscle. I also find that um, a lot of those Olympic lifts, I don't think they were really designed to be done for speed and and for the kind of numbers that they're doing. Like I do some of those compound lifts sometimes and do them slowly and carefully. Obviously, the snatch isn't slow, but I would never do multiple snatches without stopping and restarting properly and i hurt my knee doing it and i've just everybody i know who's done it for a while has hurt themselves it's funny that becomes uh, with age you know i i'll play roller hockey in venice beach for four hours yeah at the beach it's great you're outside you're playing hockey there's all this kind of stuff got in my car went to buddy's house to play pickleball right which is one-tenth of roller hockey and I took one wrong step and I pulled a muscle in my calf. And, you know, four months later, this morning, I woke up and I was like, man, this is so strange. I just, I really tweaked this thing. Yeah. And it just still isn't, it's just, and somebody said to me, dude, like, well, that's what, I mean, like, come on, man, you're not 25. Like, that. that's, right. I wouldn't take that personally. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't mean your calves are weak. It means you're getting a bit, a bit older and yeah. you have to sort of, I think the most common they said the most common injury for like men in their mid forties is like pick up basketball, right? ACL, yeah, torn meniscus, MCL. Like your joints just don't. You know, you're still caught up in that thing where you think you're 25. Yeah, we got to be careful. Got to be really careful because you get really hurt. And by the way, to tear your to get an injury like that now, not would be good. Devastating. Yeah, yeah. When I, I I I tore my meniscus and it was. It just well, just a big it, setback. I mean, for yeah. you right now, with what you're doing physically, an injury like that, no good. Yeah, well, just would set you back. You're laid up, and then you you know you you lose your mojo, and then like you said, then it's hard to get back in. Come on, you can go to the gym every day for two years. You stop for two weeks. That first week back, you're like, oh Impossible. man, this is brutal. Yeah, yeah. I don't get concerned that I'm gonna hurt myself doing what I'm doing, but I have for sure set up my routines that I'm not doing anything. I'm not You're lifting not risking, stupid right? heavy. Right. I'm taking my days off when I need them. I'm not doing any kind of movements that I you know. Well, it's they say just, listen to your body as well, yeah, right? Yeah. If, you're, if your shoulder is telling you to take it easy on your shoulder, yeah. then take it easy on your shoulder. Yeah, right? I and generally that, do Doesn't everybody legs. say that? Yeah. Or like any, it's like a kind of a common theme. It's because all the experts will say something different. Yeah. But I think most of them will tell you to listen to your body with regards to that, right? Yeah, when you work out a body part, the next time you work it out, it better be recovered. Right. You don't want to go into it sore. Right. You know what I mean? That's not good. Mm-hmm. And how do you know, and this may sound so basic, but are you working out with a trainer or how do you know what to do in the gym? I've been working out by myself, but I've had a trainer. Mm -hmm. I've had multiple trainers through the years. So I'm pretty much just... At a certain you know. point, you learn what you need to do. It always yeah. helps to have a trainer because it's like somebody doing, ironically, like... The dirty work. Well, yeah, but it's Counting also the motivation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The motivation. And, you know, like they, they, they kind of cut your brakes in half. But, yeah. but if, again, if you, if you go away to upstate New York for the holiday, you don't really need a trainer. You can right. survive on your own for a week in the gym. Right? Yeah. If I was going to do 
if I was going to do a role that had a specific type of physicality that I need to achieve right. in a certain mm-hmm. amount of time, yeah, I would go work with somebody and figure it out because I'm, I'm not, that's not my job. Yeah. But I, I've increased my bench press. I've increased my squat. I've increased my deadlift. I've increased the amount of pull-ups I can do. And I basically do variations of those exercises mm-hmm. over and over and over, you know, throughout the week. My mind is racing. I'm glad we got, I'm glad we talked about the American History X story because that yeah. one was on my mind. Yeah. And the Caviezel thing, you jogged it yeah. out of my brain. And then I remembered that and was like, it just had steam coming out of my ears. I, I, I don't fully understand either one of those, to be totally honest with you. I know. There's a few instances over the years that are just like It's really weird for me, too, because until I was with Brandy, who called me a lardass one night, it completely but she, changed. But did she do that as a, uh, I mean, that Brandy could say that and it's a joke. I or don't know. She... It wasn't a joke. It didn't hurt my feelings. Okay. But I'm telling you, up until that point, mm-hmm. it was, I, I was sensitized to fat, to anything like that. Lard ass would have really upset me. Yeah. Well, it's offensive. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's different in, in, in you know, with, it's different with your wife, obviously, right? So right. It's a different like, kind of a thing. But like, listen, if you really hate me because I'm a lard ass, right. you would not have married me. You right. know what I mean? So it, I, I was kind of like, oh, what's this? Right. Maybe I don't have to be so sensitive about this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And now that I have 14% body fat, I really don't care. You can right. call me fat all you want. By the way, I, I, don't, I don't look in the mirror and think I'm thin. You know what I mean? You look amazing. Yeah. You're like in the best shape you've ever been. And not, like, I don't think of you as quote unquote thin. I think of you like, you're, I mean, you could yeah, just you're beat a big, the you're shit a big out dude. of me. You're, like, yeah. you're always a big dude. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's what I tried to tell. Like, I mean, there was the, you know, I don't know if you remember when we had to pull you off of Jay Ferguson. You guys got into a fight over your camera. Or oh, over, yes. over Ferguson's camera. And there was eight of us. Yes. <laughs> peel Ethan off and he was very heavy but behind that you know the weight is, is strength you right. know what I mean I don't know if that's from carrying probably the frame around but you've always been super 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 powerful dude yeah no matter how you cut it I remember that <laughs> get Jay on here to talk asshole. about that. yeah we gotta have Ferguson come on alright cool thank you for coming thank on you. yeah Paige thank you thanks for listening to this episode of American Glutton I'm Ethan Suplee, and as always, joined by my chaperone, Paige Dorian. Follow us on Instagram, at American Glutton Podcast. Sincerely. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 